Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday night. We are on 89.1 Kansas FM, and you know what that means. It means it's time for Attitude Air Live, and we have all our good friends here with me. Of course, you know I am your host, the icon, and uh, I'm glad to be with you. And I believe that we have Granny on the line. Hello. Hello. And I believe that we have uh, the Modern Nightmare as well. Hello. Hello. All right, uh, so we're, we're uh, we got a big show here. Uh, of course, every every show is a big show here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, live in Fargo, North Dakota, and of course, Matthias is also in North Dakota, and Granny is in Arkansas. So uh, we're kind of doing a little uh, a little group chat here for you to entertain the masses. And uh, before we get uh, too far, I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know who our guests are tonight. We have uh, Director Hayden Newman. Uh, we have uh, Diana Carter. And we also have Ryan Rhino Michaels. And uh, he's a big, big six foot five dude. And uh, he's going to tell us what he's all about uh, coming up in the second hour. So. Uh, be ready for that, uh, Granny. What was uh, what was uh, uh, your week like? Uh, how was Thanksgiving? And uh, did you do anything special? Um, no, it was just really quiet. I mean, we did go to Kansas and see my mom for the early Thanksgiving, and then David and I went to this church <clears throat> in Rogers, Arkansas, on Thanksgiving Day, and they served turkey and ham and chicken and pulled pork and ribs and they had they had salmon i mean it was just phenomenal and i mean salad mashed potatoes sweet potatoes stuffing cranberry sauce you know plenty of dessert you know but it was just a really nice little quiet thanksgiving i mean just nothing spectacular but well i'll tell you what you definitely know that you've made it big when you have salmon for thanksgiving how about uh Matthias, what did you do? Anything special? I just just went home uh, to, to see the folks for the day, and then Friday I had a wrestling event, and then Saturday I just uh, relaxed and recovered and recuperated from the uh, from the from the week, and then started off the week as normal um, today. That sounds cool, and. Uh... Basically, uh, let's kind of get everybody up to date on uh, what we have today. Is episode number two ninety five, which is a milestone when you think about it. Uh, since uh, Big Swing and I, uh, well, Big Swing and his buddy started this show uh, six years ago, and of course now this is not this is only episode two ninety five since it became Attitude Era Live. Uh, there was, I believe, 400 episodes before that. So we're basically up to episode 900 in this little adventure. And we've uh, we've grown a lot since we started, and we're going to continue to grow. And the sky is the limit uh, for our show here, as well as everything else that we're doing. I, I want to let everybody know that uh, the, the plan is uh, – you know, everybody knows I'm a big Buckeye fan, too, here, and I'm also a North Dakota State fan – North Dakota State 
would play the championship on Sunday the 8th, so the plan is if they are in the championship in Frisco, Texas, we would be flying out uh, Saturday night, uh, getting uh, to Texas on Sunday, then flying back after the game, and then, of course, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, they uh, uh, if they're in the national championship, they would play in the ninth. So the plan is we would not have a show that day. However, since uh, Ohio State did lose to Michigan this last weekend, which was terrible, uh, whether we have a show on the ninth is up in the air right now, so we'll see what happens. A, t- a couple teams need to lose for Ohio State to get that bid for a chance for the championship, but we'll cover that. we got we got about a month or so left uh, before we got to worry about that. And also, guys, uh, of, of you guys, uh, between you two, which one of you have seen Back to the Future, part two or three? I've seen them. I've seen them all. Well, you know, I got some good news. You know who I uh, who I was able to talk to on the phone this weekend? Who? Uh, the uh, the actor who played George McFly in Part Two and Part Three. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, he is going to make an appearance on the show, Jeffrey Wiseman, and uh, we're wow. going to have him. Uh, we're going to have him in the new year. And I, I figured you guys would be tickled to death about that. And he uh, will tell us all about uh, being in makeup and how they had to make him look like Crispin Glover uh, to be uh, to be part of the uh, the movie. So uh, so uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, and uh, we got about uh, ten minutes here before uh, our first guest calls in. So uh, Matthias, you mentioned you had a wrestling match. How did that go? <clears throat> Uh, not so good, uh, for me, but I mean, it went pretty well for everybody else. Uh, you still have the title, I hope. Nope. I do not. No, I no longer have the EWI diamond championship, uh, around my waist, uh, any longer. Tell me you got cheated. You did. Yeah. Yeah. What happened was, uh, I got forced to, well, first off, my knee's been, uh, messed up ever since I, uh, did a taping in St. Paul. And they decided to, well, take advantage of that and put me in three straight wrestling matches where I had to defend my title each and every time. So I beat the first opponent, and then I was presumed that I was done because nobody called me out. Well, then a ref called me out uh, to fight me for it, and and I was beating them down, and I was choking them out, and they were ready to tap out, and somebody came up from behind, clocked me in the back of the head, and... Uh, put me down and so I got pinned one two three and so somebody took my title so then I proceeded to take the said person who screwed me out of my title and I uh, took him to pound town and threw him into the steel steps and I beat him up and hurt him pretty bad and we went to a double count out so now uh, I've got a new target uh, for myself and now that I don't have the diamond title I can go after Nick Nelson and the EWI epic championship so I'm, I'm assuming that the, basically the way it works in wrestling lore, if you lose a title, you, you are uh, due for a rematch at some point, correct? Well, the thing is the Diamond Championship is a 24-7 title, so whenever I see that champion that beat me and I want to go for it, I have every right to challenge as long as I have a referee present. Like I said, anybody that was willing to do it for me, I'm willing to do it for them. So if I ever see that person who took the championship from me and, Hopefully nobody's around to mess with me. I'll uh, either I'll take it back or I'll just go aim for the heavyweight belt and say the heck with it all together. Well, I uh, here's what I'm going to do, uh, Matthias, because we are we are good friends here. 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go try and find me a referee uh, shirt, and uh, uh, w- I'm gonna work on uh, getting you that title back. Well, sounds like a plan. But like I said, uh, compared to the EWI Diamond Championship, that Epic title is looking pretty good. And uh, the person who I fought previously for another belt, uh, Nick the Natural Nelson, he uh, currently holds that championship. And from what I've been told, uh, I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting looked into being put in the main event of our biggest show for that title. So we'll see. We'll see what Matthias decides to do. All right. Well, I want you to keep us posted on that uh, in the meantime. Uh, uh, Granny, have you uh, had any uh, uh, wrestling uh, events that you've attended? Uh, Not recently. Um, I've got one coming up next weekend on the 10th of December for Wrestling for a Cause. Um, it's our Christmas event. And um, other than that, uh, I was supposed to have one this Saturday, but that got, <clears throat> they've actually, the company has actually uh, withheld having any matches until next March. Uh, the promoter has been having some pretty serious health issues. So, and because of the weather, weather, you know, it's getting uh, Arkansas lately has been really unpredictable with weather and everything. So they've just made a decision just not to have any shows until March. Uh, of next year so but i've got a few coming up though that i'm planning on trying to attend so well i we hope that uh the said promoter uh uh, does a kick out of the health issues that he has um so we'll uh, be looking forward to that what else can we talk about before our first guest calls in you know uh uh I got something else interesting, you know, and everybody thinks I'm bragging or name dropping or whatever, but, uh, uh, you guys, uh, both, I'm sure, uh, uh, have, I'm sure I've heard of the movie, a Christmas story, correct? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on Facebook and, and he's also been a guest on the show, uh, who is planning on returning to our show, uh, as a guest, uh, Scott Schwartz, of course, he, uh, played flick in the movie, a Christmas Story. He's the one that uh, put his tongue on the pole and got it frozen. If you guys remember that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend, I actually uh, was able to live a childhood dream. And with that being said, I now happen to own my own little Red Rider BB gun. Uh, ever since that movie came out, I've always wanted one. Uh, of course, my parents would never let me have one. Uh, basically because of that movie and what happened to Ralphie. But uh, I now happen to own one. Uh, It's on my man cave wall, uh, and it will remain in the box. I do not plan on opening it. Uh, And uh, when uh, Scott Schwartz is back on the show, I do plan on having uh, send that to him and have him autograph that because he's still good friends with uh, a lot of the cast members that are still around, especially that uh, Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie. So uh, we're waiting for our first guest to call in, uh, Hayden Newman, and uh, let's give a little background check on him. Uh, uh, He's from uh, Valley, Alabama, and was born on December 15, 1985. Uh, He acted in several plays, including The Wizard of Oz as Scarecrow and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He also directed several plays, including uh, Sword and Lies, Plaza Suites, and Wait uh, Wait Until Dark. 
He film director debut in uh, is uh, the reunion from Heck, and uh, he's also writer and producer himself. So, uh, so Matthias, I hope you uh, don't mind talking a little horror film with uh, uh, Hayden. Uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy that. Uh, so, uh, with that all being said, I guess what we'll do here is uh, we'll just uh, wait for uh, our guest to call in, uh, and. Uh, Oh, uh, Matthias, were you aware that the WWE was coming back to the Fargo Dome here? Were you aware of that? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I was aware of that. But unfortunately, I will not be able to make that event because I have, uh, two, well, I have two bookings that I need to decipher between. I've got one for the EWI, which will be the time I'm supposedly going for the heavyweight belt, or for APW, where I am defending possibly my heavyweight belt. So I gotta try to figure out those bookings, but other than that, yeah, I've heard they uh, they'll be back um, on April eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Uh, they're on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not gonna be a live show. Well, it, it's gonna be live here, but it won't be televised or anything. No. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, in the new year coming up, uh, as you guys know, that we're gonna have Eric Bischoff on with us. And I'm going to ask him uh, if he was aware, and I'm sure he is, that uh, did you guys know that uh, when uh, uh, WCW Monday Nitro was here in Fargo, North Dakota, at the Fargo Dome, it's the only time that the World Heavyweight Championship changed hands three times in one night, and that happened here in River City. Were you guys aware of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe you were at that show, weren't you, Matthias? I mean, I don't think so. – I, I know I wasn't at the show. I don't know if I was too young to be in the show or or what. But, yeah, I remember it happening. I just wasn't in Fargo at the time. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I was there, and uh, that was uh, that was an exciting event. I, I just I just couldn't believe what I saw. Uh, you know, we had uh, WCW Thunder here twice, and we had a uh, WCW Monday Nitro here once. Uh, you know, WWE, uh, of course, WWF back in the day, has never had a live show here. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I just, I mean, maybe because it's not, it's not big enough to maybe have like a, a crowd like that huge. I mean, like the the closest I know they go to is um, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah, that's right. the closest that they go to. But I mean, that's only like a few hours away, so it's still worth the drive. I've I've seen Monday Night Raw live in. Uh, Minnesota and Minneapolis, but that was a that was at the Target Center back like in 2014. So it's been, excuse me, it's been a while since I went to a live WB show. All right, well, it looks like our first guest is uh, ready, waiting in the wings. So we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, we will be back after these messages from our, one of our sponsors, and then we'll have our first guest. So uh, stick with us. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which brings me to Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. And we do uh, thank uh, uh, we do thank uh, the Wood Springs Suites for uh, sponsoring our show. But right now, uh, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the director amongst all directors, the reason why 
The horror film business is as good as it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time. He is Hayden Newman. Hi, this is Hayden Newman. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Well, how are you, Hayden? Thanks for taking time out of your busy uh, directing schedule to join us tonight. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, we're not too bad. Uh, here's how we're going to do this. Uh, uh, Hayden, or should I refer to you as Mr. Newman? How would you uh, prefer that? Hayden's fine. Okay. Here's what we're going to do then. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, uh, then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then I'll ask you the t- uh, then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. All right. Sounds good. Um, I am uh, from a small town in Alabama. It's called Valley. It's about 20 minutes away from Auburn University. Um, I have been... Yeah, Roll Tide, exactly. Um, I have been acting and directing for 20, now 21 years. I started in theater when I was 15 years old and um, went from there. And uh, the way I got into film was uh, I was at a convention, and the idea for the film uh, came into – had been going in my head forever and I had went to a convention and gone to a uh, panel on indie filmmaking and it was hosted by uh, Michael Bean who was in the Terminator he played Kyle Reese in the Terminator and was in uh, Aliens and he's been in several movies but um, he has gotten into indie filmmaking and his Advice was if you want to make a movie, who's stopping you? Um, you're just stopping yourself. Go and do it. So uh, I went home with that advice. I wrote the first draft of the script for the first film in seven days. And within eight months, we were filming the first movie. Now, that was uh, Redhead, correct? No, no, no. That was uh, Reunion from Hell. Okay, Reunion from Hell. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, and there, there's actually been two parts to that, uh, correct? Reunion from Heck 1 and Reunion from Heck 2? Yes. Uh, we just got done filming two, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in January of this year. We finished filming. We're in post production now, and we premiere in January of 2023. And that stars uh, Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5, uh, Danny Hassel from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5, and Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So it's kind of a Nightmare on Elm Street alumni reunion also. And you're also in the movie too, correct? Yes. Yes, I'm in both of them. Yes, that's correct. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, if I would have been available, you would have put me in the movie too, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Hayden Newman as our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. And, uh, well, we have, uh, well, we have, some, we have a, a generous amount of time here left with our buddy here. Uh, so now when you uh, 
you know, when you made the first movie, uh, and you know, it's it's uh, it's a generally a rare thing that uh, you would have, uh, you know, one movie released and then actually get to make a sequel to another. Uh, it actually, and I'm not just saying this because you're a guest here, but uh, most sequels do not live up to the first one. And uh, from what I understand from uh, this one, it actually uh, may be even better than the first one. How would you how would you concur on that? Um, you know, the, the first film is my baby, obviously, and the second film is my baby too. But uh, you know, I would agree. We really ramped up everything into, and I feel two is a much um, it, it, I, I believe that it'll be better than the first one, in my opinion, also. And uh, do you, uh, uh, with with this uh, doing well, uh, and I know it's going to do well, you said it's going to be released in January, correct? We have our uh, premiere in January, yes. And um, then on January 14th, we're having a fan screening event in Nashville, Tennessee. That's where we're premiering. But a fan screening event where fans will be able to buy tickets, come and meet the cast and crew. Lisa Wilcox will be there. Danny Hassel will be there. They'll get to watch the film with us. They'll get autographs, all of that. And then will you have a question answer session at the end of the uh, premiere? Yes. Yes. All right. We will have a Q&A session, and we also have the band who uh, wrote the theme song for uh, the original theme song for the second film. They will be performing there also. And then uh, when uh, before I before I introduce him, I'm going to ask this now because I know he'll ask this. Uh, do you think there's any chance you'd be able to hook us up with uh, Matthias's hero Lisa Wilcox to be a guest on our show? Uh, it's very, very possible. I'll do my best. All right. Uh, we have uh, Hayden Newman as our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. we got about uh, 24 minutes. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and uh, bring Granny out. Uh, I know that uh, uh, she uh, kind of uh, – she likes the older horror films like The Nightmare on Elm Street and all those. Uh, so, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Hayden Newman? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you. Uh, what was your most favorite thing about uh, being a part of those movies that you've been a part of and helping direct them? Um, uh, well, you know, it, it, the best thing I would have to say is being able to do something that was, I feel, unique, um, but also <clears throat> play homage to the horror films that we grew up on. Um, but also the chance to work with the talent that I've gotten to work with, with both one and two, um, you know, was a dream come true. If you'd have told me a few years ago, I would be here now and had worked with Kathy Podewell from Night of the Demons and then Lisa Wilcox and Danny Hassel and Mark Patton, I'd have told you you were crazy. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Now in, uh, in, now in this uh, in this movie, I mean, you had star power in both of them, but uh, would you say there's more star power in part two than there is in part one, or is it about equal? Uh, no, there's more in two. Um, 
one, you know, Kathy was the big star in one, Kathy Podwell, who was in uh, Night of the Demons. She was the final girl in uh, Night of the Demons, and she was on the television show Dallas for four seasons. Um, but two definitely brought in the stars. They saw one, um, read the script, loved the first film, and wanted to be involved. That's that's awesome. We have uh, Hayden Newman as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 20 minutes, and uh, we're going to let uh, Matthias take his five. Uh, what do you got, Matthias? I know that uh, this is intriguing for me, so what, uh, what do you got, Matthias? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every Oh, my God, who the hell cares? Now, I don't know if that's Icon or Big Swing doing that every <laughs> single week, but that's really getting on my nerves. <laughs> And I'm not me. And I'm gonna have a talk with whoever the heck's doing that. And I might even quit the show. I'm getting annoyed at that. Anyway, um, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North Dakota's number one heel, the current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias. Welcome on to the show, uh, to my segment of the show, I must say. Uh, what is well, one of thank the thank you. As a, as a fellow movie lover and a fellow kind of actor and director situation like I was in college, what was one of you, who was one of your bigger influences uh, that led you down the path of becoming an actor slash director and a movie lover in general? Um, I would have to say my huge, really huge influence was John Carpenter um, okay. and what he what he did with the original Halloween, you know, that was a very low budget film and, you know, it's just beautifully shot. And, um, yeah, it would be John Carpenter. So then would you say that, uh, horror films are probably one of your favorite genres of film? Oh yes, definitely. Now I love, you know, thriller, suspense, you know, drama, comedy. I've done pretty much all of it on stage. <laughs> Um, but horror is definitely one of my favorite genres, yes. And then uh, what subgenre of horror would you say is one of your favorites? For me, it was slasher films growing up. It was the same with me, the slasher, the the whodunit mysteries like Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, it was definitely the slasher films, you know, the classics, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those. Absolutely. And then uh, I like to ask this about uh, with our other horror uh, fan guests. Is there a movie out there that you used to watch maybe like when you were a kid or something that uh, will still get you to this day? Like is there like a particular part of a film or was it just a film in general that's like, eh, you know, I, I, I still can't watch that without cringing or something like that? Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I'd done an interview earlier today and kind of asked the same question. Um, it's, uh, Friday the 13th part two, and it's been something that has bothered me ever since I was a kid. Um, when I was about three, maybe four, uh, my older brother and sister were watching it, and um, I just happened to walk in on the scene where Jason bursts through the window and grabs the final girl, and he has the mask off, and that terrified me, terrified me. 
Um, and for years, I would not watch that. a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> I would not watch a Friday the 13th movie. And still to this day, I know it's coming every time I watch it, but I still jump. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I like to like, what I like to say, it's it was like any when I watch a horror film, I don't get like scared, I don't get jumpy, I don't get anything really. Like I, I don't know if it's just I'm not really easily scared or whatever. But the one film that will always get to me because it's 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 a particular uh, kill scene, and it's from the original Hatchet. Now I don't know if you're familiar with the Hatchet series at all. Yeah, I am. Okay, so from the very first one, the second kill of the older lady when they first uh, show up to Victor Crowley's house, and she gets her head ripped in half. Yeah, yeah, he knows exactly. He knows he knows exactly what scene you're talking about. You can tell. And it's and it's the one thing is like Kane Hodder's been such a great actor as you know Jason and of course Victor Crowley and such. And Victor had such creative uh, kills in those films, but just seeing like his hands go into her mouth and you're like, Oh, you know, whatever's going to happen. And then you see the che- the cheeks ripping along with it. And like, I can just feel that in my own mouth. And it, and it still kind of makes me cringe every once in a while when I see it, it's just, it just makes me kind of shiver a little bit, you know? Oh, definitely. Yes. Uh, Hayden Newman's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And we got about uh, 17 minutes here with uh, Hayden. One thing I do want to ask you about, uh, you know, uh, first off, uh, one thing I, I, I don't hate me for doing this, but I do want to wish you an early birthday. I know that uh, your birthday is in, uh, what, 17 days, December 15th, your birthday is. So we want to wish you a happy yes. birthday here from our show. And, uh, well, thank you. you know, and I figured what a better birthday present to give you than to have you uh, meet all of us. I, I know that was on your high on your birthday wish list. <laughs> hey, I have no problem with it. I it's great. <laughs> so now, when you, uh, uh, in, in, as a matter of fact, I know that uh, you know uh, we had a we had a guest last week who actually uh, spoke very highly of you. Uh, uh, Slasher Scotty was on with us. Yes, and uh, he he told us a lot about you, and uh, he uh, he was very complimentary of uh, of of you uh, in your directing skills. So. Uh, I just want to let you know that because uh, I know that you know him real well. Yes, Scotty's really great. I've done a couple of interviews for his podcast. He's a really nice guy. Now, when you uh, so you've done uh, you've done reunion from Heck, and we have to kind of that we know it's H E double hockey tech. We know that, but we had kind of edited yeah. for for radio. But uh, now. Uh, you uh, you know you did the first one in uh, 2021 and then you did the next one in 2022, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure you 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 don't want to and I'll understand if you don't want to review this but reveal this but might we see a part three or do you think after part two it kind of plays itself out because like there's a lot of movies that they do sequels out that they just should have stopped at like two uh, like Godfather for instance part three was terrible you know well. You know, see, the funny thing is, to answer that question, um, there was never originally planned to be a two. Um, Things happened on set during one that set up a perfect cliffhanger, and that we knew we had to do a two, and we knew people would want it fast. Um, I have said that I'm open to doing a three, but... 
I've also said that if I do a three, it will be the final one of this franchise. I do not want to go any further than that. You know, and I was going to ask ask you on that. It's like, do you think that, you know, uh, I, I found out today that uh, they're actually going to have another Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory that's coming out in 2023. Do you think that it's, you know, you're, you're a Hollywood director. Do you think that Hollywood is just running out of original ideas, or are they just afraid to try something new? I think they're running out of original ideas, and I think they're also afraid to try something new as well. Um I think Hollywood's been running out of ideas for many years. Um, now, I do like some of the, re- what they call them, requels they have done, um, you know, where, like, they just did it with the Halloweens, and um, they did it with the last Scream that came out. I do like some of the requels that they have done, but I feel like they've ran out of fresh ideas. And uh, they're they're actually going to have a Scream 6 coming up. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, yes. I'm very much aware. Uh, Scream is a very influential film for me because it was the first horror film that I ever saw in the movie theater, given my age up. Yeah, you guys guys could be like brothers, you know. So, uh, yeah, Scream was a very influential film for me because it was the first one I ever saw in a theater and it was, you know, it was 1996. It was, you know, just the music and everything of that time period was just perfect. And um, so I'm looking forward to six. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that Nev Campbell is not returning for six. I'm interested to see where they're going to go, but I am looking forward to it. Uh, We need to take a quick time out, and we'll be right back after these messages. Give us uh, about 30 seconds. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And for regular listeners of our show, if you go to our Facebook page, as you there, Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to Ken's page, 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation pile of the tower, get you automatically qualified to win a autographed picture or some memorabilia from past guests, current guests, or future guests. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Hayden either has sent us something or he has going to send us something, if I'm not mistaken. I am going to send you all some autographs, yes. Awesome. Now, when you, uh, when you do the release uh, in January, do you plan on then uh, – uh, how long do you expect until uh, we can see it like on Blu-ray or DVD or 4K? Um, I'm going to say I'm pushing for around April. Um, It may be a little sooner, but I'm pushing for April. And if we could, maybe uh, would you be willing to come back on to uh, promote the release of the uh, the movie on uh, DVD or (laughs) Blu-ray? I almost said video. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would love to. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll uh, 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 you gave me your phone number, and everybody's like, well, "Why would you do that?" Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, I'll call you uh, later this week, and we'll get that set up uh, so we can get you back on in April. Uh, now, how uh, how long did, were you on set filming uh, uh, Reunion from Heck Two? We were <clears throat> we were on set for two and a half weeks. Um, we shot in Searville, Tennessee. It's right outside of Gatlinburg, in a cabin on top of a mountain, and it was literally on top of a mountain. We were secluded from everybody. And um, we got snowed in a couple of times. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so you, it only took you two weeks to film the movie, huh? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, how, how do you get everything done in two weeks? We don't stop working, basically. No, we uh, set. I sit down and write out a schedule every day of the scenes we're going to shoot that day. And, you know, we go for it. That's indie filmmaking. So, um, so is it basically uh, we're, we're, we're going to get up at 6 and we're going to film until uh, 11 p.m. and then you guys can go sleep for a couple hours and get right back here? Yeah, it's basically, I would say, sometimes 18-hour days, sometimes 16-hour days. Um, but that's indie filmmaking. I mean... The original Halloween was shot in 17 days. I did not know that. So now, do yeah. you prefer a, a quick filming schedule compared to a, a long, like 30-day shoot? Uh, do you prefer short or long, or doesn't matter depending on what you do, I guess. Um, you know, it doesn't matter to me uh, as long as I have a good crew, and I do. I have an excellent crew that you know I've worked with. On both of these films, and you know, I trust them and know that they'll get the work done. Um, so if, it, it really comes down to if you have a crew that you know is committed. Now, uh, I was going to ask you if you. Uh, uh you know, we we, were, we talked about the possibility of three, but do you have any other projects that uh, you're cooking in the background that uh, that uh, you might be willing to kind of drop some hints without giving away too much? Um, yeah, um, I am. You know, I'm working on some treatments for films um, that. You know, my main goal right now is getting to finished, but I'm also casted in a film called Redhead that is directed by Sam Hodge, who is my co-director and DP on the reunion films. And that's a – it's a very different type – it's a horror film, very different type of horror film, more kind of the, I would say, revenge horror, like um, I Spit on Your Grave type film. Oh, that's cool. The the reason I was asking is because uh, you know if you're looking for uh, extras, uh, of course you know uh, you know you had to uh, you'd have to pay Granny or uh, Matthias, and I know that they'd love to help you out. Like for me, as long as I can get a place to sleep on set and a couple hot dogs, I'll come out and work for you. You won't have to pay me a dime until the movie makes a million bucks. Then you can send me some residuals. I'm willing to work for you. Would you be willing to hire somebody like that? 
Oh, definitely. Um, you know, we all, I'm very much, you know, always looking for new talent and I love to give people chances to, you know, dip their toe into the water. Um, I, I don't like to recast the same people over and over again. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. Now, uh, one thing that uh, everybody knows that, uh, and our fans that listen to the show know that I do this, uh, I, I'm always uh, trying to uh, up my game. And, uh, you know, my, my goal is to, uh, you know, get myself out there and uh, to uh, become more known than I already am. So what advice would you give to someone that's uh, wanting to get involved in uh, projects like yours? Well, my first advice is, you know, network like you're already doing um you know also you know if you see something about auditions don't be afraid to do it you know one of my favorite uh sayings and i kind of stick by it is um that if you have a dream never let anyone take it away and always believe that the impossible is always possible and um, I've learned that definitely in the last few years. And when you're, uh, you know, when you when you did one and then you did two, and you know, you get a rapport with all the different actors. Uh, is it easy uh, to call them up and say, "Hey, I'm going to do a sequel. Would you be a part of it?" Or uh, is it more more complicated than that? No, it's very easy. Um, you know. <clears throat> I have developed friendships with all of the actors and, um, you know, all of them have said that, you know, they would love to be on other projects with me, whether it be a three or something else. Um, so, yeah, it's very easy. I, you know, I just had a phone call with, Lisa Wilcox last week, and, you know, it's kind of surreal that I have, like, a two-hour phone call <clears throat> conversation with her. Um, and the same with Danny Hassel and Kathy Podwell. You know, Mark's kind of harder to talk to because Mark lives in Mexico, so it's more emails <laughs> with Mark. So you have to call him uh, after midnight to get the, the international rates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, the interesting thing, you know, you mentioned, uh, Lisa Wilcox, you know, I've been, I've been a fan of hers, uh, for as long as I can remember with all the different projects that she's done, uh, especially in Star Trek and Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I would be forever in your debt. And like I said, I want to come out and work for you for free. I'll even uh, get your cappuccino and carry your bags. If you can get us hooked up with her as a guest, I do. anything. I will. I will definitely see what I can do. Um, I know that she is on her way to Germany right now. She's doing a convention in Germany this weekend. So it'll be probably about two weeks before I talk to her again. But I will see what I can do, definitely. She's a doll. She is a, a very professional, very easy to work with, um, just a sweetheart. 
Yeah, and I and I know, like I say, I I remember in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Star Trek: The Next Generation because when I was a kid, not that anybody cares, but when I was a kid, I couldn't watch horror films. So uh, I I remember her from uh, those. I didn't get to see her in Nightmare on Elm Street till later. I'm like, hey, that's a gal from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which was kind of cool. Uh, so uh, uh, before we go here, uh, Hayden, if our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Yeah, um, I have Facebook, which is, you know, just Hayden Newman, and real easy to find me. Uh, my main photo, or my profile photo, was taken on the set of two, and it's me with Lisa uh, Wilcox, Danny Hassel, and Mark Patton. We're standing in front of a Christmas tree. It was, and then I have um, Instagram also. And that's Hayden Newman as well, and it's actually the same profile photo. So it's real easy to find me. You know, and I hope that uh, – that, uh, and this is kind of an ego question. I hope that uh, that um, uh, collector's card I made for you, uh, you liked, because uh, I, I wanted to use a, a good picture. I hope you liked that. Oh, yes, I definitely did, yes. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you have been uh, awesome, and I will definitely be in touch with you. We'll definitely get you back on in April because I do have uh, – uh, uh, we, we book our guests out a year in advance, and uh, our calendar for 2023 is full. But as a matter of fact, I just got an opening for the last week in April. So uh, I will uh, get you set up, and we'll get you back on with us uh, so you can uh, promote the release of uh, the film on uh, – on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. That sounds great. You know, I appreciate you having me on, and I've enjoyed this. And uh, I wish you and all your listeners, you know, a happy holiday season and looking forward to 2023. All right. Thanks, Hayden. You are awesome, sir. Have a good night. We appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Hayden Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what. It looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings. We're going to take a quick little commercial break, and we'll be back after these messages. And uh, stay tuned because we will be back. Tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. and join me, Joel Snary Night, as my music from outer space gets intercepted by your eardrums. We've got rock. We've got electronic. We've got old novelty records. We've got pizza. Okay, that technology is still being worked on, so until we can perfect the transmission of a pizza directly to your mouth, for now we can have an hour-long buffet of rock and roll every Friday night. That's Rock and Roll Space Station, Fridays at 8 p.m., right here on the best station in all the galaxy, and Fargo, of course, Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the lovely, she is the beautiful, she is the awesome, she is the one and only Diana Carter. Hey, this is Diana Carter. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 81, 89.1 Kings AFM. Would you host the icon, the big swing, the godmother of Western granny, and the modern nightmare Mateos? How are you, Diana? Thank you for bringing your beautiful accent to our show tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, we we have uh, Diana Carter here on 89.1 Kens FM. we got about uh, 30 minutes here with uh, Diana. So here's how we're going to do this. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, then I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. 
Okay, great. Um, well, my name is Diana Carter. I am a Army veteran. Um, I started in the business, in the entertainment business, a few years ago. I have a, um, after started as a publicist with a PR and marketing company, then I created my talent management company in Hollywood, and now I'm also the CEO and founder of a production company in LA. That's awesome. Now, uh, when you, uh, with all the stuff that uh, you've done in the past and the stuff you're doing now, do you have, uh, do you have one thing that you like doing more so than the rest of the projects? Um, I like to, um, well, I like all three of them. I wear different hats, and right now I think that you, uh, me knowing PR and marketing and being able to cast projects and now the whole production side, it has helped me to, um, I guess, put projects um, together um, better and all more with, with, with a quality talent. So I, I really don't have an area that I like the most. I actually like all three of them, and I use all of them to, you know, to package the products correctly. And uh, also, I also want to let everybody know that uh, you also are a veteran. You did serve our country, and we do appreciate your service, and thank you for that thank as you. well. Thank you. Now, yes. you... Uh, now you've uh, you, you know you you've uh, produced many films and uh, you've uh, you've done uh, you're also a member of many different uh, uh, film entities. Uh, being a, a director, what is your favorite part about uh, being a director? And um, to be honest with you, work on set, direct. Um, I just work on set with the actors when you filming a scene and being able to help them to get to the next level, I think that's a very, um, it's a very, it's a connection that you create with the actor at that point and actually everyone on set. Um, I really enjoy that. And uh, when you, uh, when you're uh, casting and you, uh, you're selecting people to be part of your films, what is uh, the one quality that you look for? Um, structure. Just so I know. I structure. Yeah, so, so I would tell, um, I cast a lot of projects. I'm sure I'm casting four right now. And I always tell um, actors, you have to invest in yourself. You have to have your stuff together. So when I get an email from someone with a thousand links, a link for, you know, a real IMDb photos, and then I get someone that sent me one page or an EPK, I think um, it's structure. And, and it saves a lot because someone that actually, you know, packages and supply. Um, it's easier for you to, to see the overall picture in the talent that someone that sends you emails and, and you're trying to figure it out, which photo, which link. Sometimes the link don't work. Sometimes the real doesn't work. So I look at that first. Um, I look at to the packaging itself of, of the actor itself, and then I go into what they have done um, by checking their IMDb, their real, um, and just go from there. That's awesome. Uh, Diane Carter is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about 25 minutes. Before uh, I continue with my questions, I'm going to introduce you to my one of my co-hosts first. Uh, we have Granny Hulkster, but uh, before we do that, we need to take a quick little uh, time out here to do a little legal thing, and we'll be right back. Give us about 10 seconds. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. 
Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Diana Carter? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show, and also thank you for your service. It's very much appreciated. Um, thank you. So it sounds like you are a very talented person and everything that you've done and everything that you're doing in your life. What has been one of your biggest challenges that you've had in your career of everything that you've done? Um, to be honest with you, the in everything, the transition from a civilian to be you know, a soldier and the transition back from a soldier to be a civilian, that has Mm -hmm. been one of the most challenging things. I spent 18 years total working in the military as a soldier, as a civilian, Army civilian, as in the reserve, and you very structured. I think that has helped me when it comes to the entertainment industry, but that switch back, um, it is challenging, but we, we adapt and we adjust, but it's not easy. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. What uh, military did you serve in? Were you Army, Navy, Marine? Army. Army. Yes, my my brother, he was in the Army for over 20 years before he was uh, medically discharged because of his knee. So um, my mm-hmm. brother was Army, so... That's awesome. Uh, Diane Carter's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. we got about uh, 20 minutes here with... Uh, uh, Diana. Now, uh, I want to introduce you to uh, our up-and-coming star, and I know that he would love to come work for you. Uh, Matthias, what do you have for a guest? Go ahead. Let's see if we can get you a job somewhere. Well, first off, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed E, or not EWI anymore, APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my uh, section of the show is glad uh, glad to have you. Um, is there somebody out there that was one of your biggest influences that you like? Is there anybody out there that you that you wish you could work with, like from the past, or is there somebody in the future that you have a dream to work with uh, later on? And you can't say me because that'd be too easy. Well, um, I really think that I learned, um, to be honest with you, I have 57 clients. I learned from all of them, regardless of the level when it comes to the acting side. I learned everyone teach me something. Um, anyone that I um, would like to work with, um, honestly, I don't have any specific actor that I can say, oh, he or she's my favorite. I'm really trying to stay away from that. I think that everyone has a skill. Um, and, of course, some of the skills are better for some projects than others. Um, and I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> okay. So if, uh, for, uh, you know, you mentioned you have, uh, you have a lot of clients, and I, I'm sure uh, due to client-agent uh, uh, confidentiality can't mention uh, them, but uh, if, uh, if someone wanted to have you be their agent, what would they have to do? Well, actually, I know my IMDb, and I can mention that everything on IMDb is public. Some of my clients that you guys might know, um, Daniel Baldwin, he's my client. He's also a friend and mentor. Um, he's one of the persons that when I need um, that, that breather, 
I reach out to him. Um, I have also Donna Lee. She used to be Miss Universe, Miss United States. Um, I have guy um, Bruce Social. I have um, um, if they don't I need to be Crystal Snow. I have Oksana Lara. She was for Sopranos. I have um, Daniel Kalt. is actually a very homecoming big director in London. I just picked him up. So I have a bunch of clients that are on IMDb. So I'm on IMDb as Diana Ramos Santiago Carter. So they can just reach out through there, send me an email, and then we will let them know, you know, where they need to send their package, and then we we'll review it. And if it's a fit for the company, we will set up a we set up a call, and then we we'll just go from there. Now you uh, you've uh, had you've had a few uh, you've had a few uh, cool movies uh, that you've been involved in and, and a TV series uh, the Million Dollar Affair uh, Haunted PTSD yeah. A Soldier's Revenge uh, American Trash and so on. Now I, I was kind of curious about the, the PTSD A Soldier's Revenge. Now because you served in the Army, did you uh, uh, is there a lot of your uh, experiences uh, involved in that film? Yes, actually, PTSD as Soldier's Revenge is actually a um, my film. But I'm, I'm one of the executive producers, co-writer. Um, Tom Anderson, he's a military um, veteran. He wrote the film. Um, I have Steve Alexander, which is the Coronel Purple Heart recipient, also in the film. It's actually um, it's a military film created by veterans. Um, that movie is very close to my heart because it's actually all based on true stories. Actually, the main actress, um, which is Oksana Dolib, her name is Anaid, which is Diana Backward, which is my name. Um, so it's, I can say a lot because it's going to be um, we're in post-production. We have one big scene that we're going to be filming. We're 90, I would say 5% done. We're going to restructure that scene. Um, we have a lot of people behind that project, and we hope to not only create consciousness to um, you know, bring some um, funding um, to certain organizations that the military has out there. I don't know if you guys are aware, but every day 22 um, veterans commit suicide because of PTSD due to math. So this is a movie that um, is an emotional film based on true stories, and I think it's going to create um, the noise that we need to hopefully help some of the fellow veterans and soldiers like myself that are dealing with PTSD or have dealt with. And uh, has uh, has that been released yet? Where can our uh, where can our listeners uh, find that? Well, it hasn't been released yet. We do have a distribution um, letter, uh, LOI, letter of interest in, in place. Um, right now we are looking – I have Tom Sizemore on that film. He's actually um, – a coronel, and we were trying to get with his schedule and my schedule, and I have so many things going on. So the plan is to get with him after the New Year's, hopefully January, we can lock him in. We're going to bring some other people and restructure that main scene. Um, it's going to be critical to create that the that war realistic um, picture that we really want to create. And we think after that, so hopefully I would think by um, 90 days, Maybe, but you know, should be ready out there. So right now, um, that's where we are. So definitely, by the summer, we'll be out. Um, we just need to to make some changes to make it better. That that is really cool. Now, you uh, 
Now, I was going to ask you, uh, as a, uh, you know, as a producer and writer and director, uh, do you prefer writing for the uh, the small screen, or do you prefer doing big screen stuff, or is it basically the same thing? I think honestly, it depends on the story. Um, I think the story has a lot to do. For instance, I am if you comedy. That's something that is not something that I have a passion for. So it's going to be kind of I have to get into with it, but it's something that I have a passion for. Like you know, in this case, like the military, the PTSD, the um, that we deal with, or just you know, horror things like that is easier. Um, but I think the storyline has a lot to do, if it, even if it's an indie project, a short film, a student film. I support a lot of the students right now, whether it's working on the thesis. So as long as the story, um, it's a good story and it means something, especially if it's something that could impact or help society. So I get involved. I, I get more involved, and more excited about that. Now uh, you got a you got another project coming out. Uh, you know you mentioned uh, time, uh, Tom Sizemore and uh, PTSD. Uh, you're also doing a project with him called American Trash that comes out in 2023. Is that correct or is that inaccurate? Yeah, the American Trash. I'm a producer on the project. I have with casting is actually um, Robert Lazardo. You probably know him. Um, um, project. He's the owner. He's the writer. That one's already shot. It's in post production. Um, it's a schedule to come out in 2023. I can't say much about it, you know, how it is, but it is, that one is done. Um, it's a very great story. It's, it's, a, it's a really good script. Um, I was on set many, many times. So I know that one is some, it's, it's a project that I, I, I know um, is going to also connect with the audience based on the story behind it. Now you, uh, I had mentioned at the beginning that uh, you know you're part of, uh, you know you're a member, of, you have memberships in many different things, uh, uh, you know the uh, Emmy Nada uh, Suncoast, uh, Emmy's uh, Mad mm-hmm. Pacific, uh, Emmy's New York, Academy uh, Museum mm-hmm. Motion Pictures, American Film Institute, Sundance Film Institute, National Women's History Museum, uh, Film Independent, and so on. Uh, how do you get to uh, how do you get uh, to be involved in all the different uh, all these different uh, entities? To be honest with you, I've been blessed with some great mentors, um, and I, I listen. Anyone that is older than me, I listen because they're wise that have been doing it for a, longer than me. So I'm always um, um, taking their advice. So I actually started. Uh, with the Amy's in California, then I, with the, with the original Amy's California, did I was able to get into the one in, in Florida, New York. I judged a lot for the Amy's um, this year, over 100 projects for all three chapters, actually several chapters. So um, I, I don't know, I guess that, you know, people knowing um, um, when you go to events and you meet people, people seeing you, what you're doing, social media, and things like that. I do I do a lot of research. For instance, when I wanted to go be part of AFI, American Film Institute, I emailed them. And I told them, this is who I am, this is what I'm trying to do, how can I become a member? And they told me how, you can go to the website, they explain you their how, I did the paperwork, and that's it. So um, I guess by doing my research and listening to people's recommendations, and based on that, I just reached out to whoever is in charge um, for that specific um, organization and they just go from there you know uh 
Matthias, you know, Matthias and myself and Granny Hulkster, you know, I'm I'm assuming that none of us will ever get a chance to go to a live Emmys award show, but uh, you've been to many. What is it like sitting in the audience for the Emmys? Well, I haven't been on any, um, actually, any of the shows yet. I was supposed to go to New York for the Emmys in New York this year. It was the 73rd, um, the original, the chapter, and I was not able to due to um, conflict of scheduling, which I was kind of like, so hopefully in 2023, that's my goal, to be um, to be able to go if the schedule permits, as I have a lot of projects on 2023, but that's something that I'm going to be looking into um, because I want to go um, just not to support, you know, everyone there, but also to experience, um, you know, that type of event. Uh, Diana Carter is our guest here. we got about uh, 11 minutes here with uh uh, Diana Carter. Now, I'm I'm kind of curious. Now, uh, I'm also looking at some of the uh, things you've been nominated for, uh, nominated for Forbes Next 1000, uh, the Emmys 2021 Pacific Chapter Judge, 2021's Award uh, News Award nominee, Los Angeles Business Journal Women's Award nominee. Now, when you when you get nominated for these different awards, I'm kind of curious. How far in advance do you? hear that uh, you, you're a nominee and they, they need you to be at the at the show uh, to possibly win the award. How how far in advance do they let you know? Uh, to be honest with you, it depends. Um, sometimes, you know, six months, sometimes three months. Usually, I, I would say at least three months before the, um, the actual event, I hear something. Um, I would say that that's kind of three months. And uh, when you find out that, that when you get that phone call and they say, uh, uh, hi, this is such and such from the Emmys, and uh, we're nominating you for this award, uh, do they say uh, you're, you're nominated, but you can't tell anybody? Don't don't tell anybody. Uh, do you have to keep it secret? Um, well, they have a, a, a time, and they will tell me when I can. Um, usually they do want you to tell. They do want you to announce that they send me a press release, which I share online. Um, they send, um, I can use the badge for that nomination. The only one that I was able to, um, that I needed to hold a minute was the one for the fourth because they have a process. So I was a nominee for fourth. Then I went to the finalist, the final um, nominees with, um, the, the final um, round with them. Um, and that's the one, one. That was the only one kind of I have to hold back for a minute. But everyone else, they actually, um, they send me emails, they send me the press release and the social media, and they actually encourage me to, um, you know, just to let everyone know that I've been nominated and so on, so on, so on. Now, uh, and I, I'm sure that you can't mention it, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I can't, I can't stop myself. But uh, do you? Uh, <laughs> Well, do you uh, have you heard about any possible nominations that uh, you might be getting this year that uh, in 2023 that you might uh, uh, be up for that you that that you haven't found out about yet? But is there any that you might be up for? Actually, yes, yeah, there's two, which I'm very excited about it. Um, actually, yes, yeah, there's two. Um, being told through the grapevine, um, I think it will help. One of them is going to definitely help uh, my PR company. Um, to take it to an next level, and the other one will definitely open doors when it comes to the production side and my clients. 
So I can really talk about those two. Um, are there some other awards that are not being nominated for leadership, woman of inspiration, woman of leadership, um, PR, like the woman in, in PR and public relations of the year? Those ones I can mention those because I know, but these other two I'm not able to until I get actually an email confirmation that I'm actually in and running for them. Well, I, I do have some good news for you. Now that you've been on this show, you're probably going to win one of those. Great, that would be great. I really would love to win at least one of them, but we'll see. Now, you, now you got to promise me when you do win those, you'd be willing to. If we haven't scared you away too much by this point, if you're uh, once you win, you'll come back on the show and say the icon said so. Yes, I will, definitely. Awesome. Hey, it's on. It's on. It's recorded, guys. You heard it here. Uh, Diana Gardner is our guest here on eighty-nine point one Kent FM, and we got about eight minutes. And for those of you who listen to our show, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, you like that? Go to uh, eighty-nine point one Kent FM page, like that. Do a town dollar month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed uh, picture or memorabilia from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, Diana, would you be willing to send us some autographs for giveaways? Of course, definitely. Awesome. Now, uh, you've done a lot of pictures with uh, – you've done a few projects with uh, Times, uh, Tom Sizemore. Uh, I'm kind of curious, what, what does he like to work with, and uh, would you be able to hook us up with him? I mean, I, I've been a fan of his. Uh, he, you know, he was in uh, uh, um, Lock Up with Sylvester Sloan. He uh, played my hero, Pete Rose, in Hustle. I've been a fan of Tom Sizemore for a long time. Uh, what's it like working with Tom? Um, Tom is, is a great actor. He's actually one of those, um, I know now when people, when I started in this industry, people used to tell me he was one of the greatest actors out there. And now, you know, he's really, he's an amazing actor. Um, actually, I started with him on my PR company. He was my first client. And he has become family, to be honest with you. Um he just natural talented, you know. I know some people go through schools and trainings and stuff like that, but he just um, natural. I really enjoy to see him on set, and he's able to, you know, just get it done. Even if he's so sick or he feels, you know, any kind of way, he just get into character and just perform. I I was able to see him now. American Trash. He was part of American Trash, and I was. Um, it, it's always nice to see him. It's like you know. You know he's always going to perform. His performance is going to be great. And it's just nice to see him on set and see what he can do. Now, you, I believe you said you, you have uh, over 30 clients. Is that correct? Or did I mishear that? Yeah, I have around, uh, right now 55 clients and some other ones that I'm working on, on bringing on board. But I have on IMDb um, 55 clients currently. So now if um, – so basically, if uh, like uh, one of your clients, if uh, a show like ours wanted to uh, interview one of your clients, will we have to go through you uh, to ask them, or can we ask them and then they got to clear it with you? Yeah, they will. Um, if they're usually yes, you will have just to let me know. Um, you can go into my IMDb. All my clients are there, and let me know who you like um, to interview. If there's other ones that they're not there, I can. Um, you know, ask, look at the schedules and stuff like that. I usually know the schedules better than some of them. That's why they were like, okay, ask her because she knows my schedule. Um, but, yeah. 
Well, that's good because uh, you know, uh, and uh, like I was mentioning our 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 first, our first guest, uh, you know, you did give me your phone number, so uh, I, uh, I and I promise I'll stop calling you at uh, two in the morning. I promise you that. But uh, we're all good. All uh, <laughs> uh, we, we had a little bad. I know we had a little. We had the, we had a discussion about that. I know. I I apologize, but uh, what, I, <laughs> what I'll do is um, I will uh, hook up with you this week, and then maybe we can uh, see about uh, uh, you hooking us up with some of your clients uh, for the 2023 uh, season, especially uh, when this show uh, puts you over the top and you uh, you win your first Emmy. Uh, you'll say, hey, uh, these guys are the ones that said it was going to happen, and I definitely, gotta, I definitely love these guys. I want to help them out. Yes, definitely. And uh, uh, so we can uh, do this. We we only got a few minutes here left with you. Uh, if uh, if our fans want to check you out and see, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am on the real Diana eighty seven. Um, on Facebook, I am um, Diana R Carter, and of course, IMDb, which is Diana Ramos Santiago Carter. I have everything there. My emails, my cell. Um, yes, my cell is there. I like to people to be able to get a hold of me. So that's my personal cell IMDb. And you can get a hold of me, and um, we can just go from there. Uh, so, hey, Matthias, so what do you think? Uh, you and I should become one of Diana's clients. Well, I mean, whatever gets, whatever gets me more work and whatever gets me more opportunities on the world, you know, you never, you never take an opportunity for granted when life presents one, do you? You know, and the other cool thing is, Diane, if you pick us up as clients, uh, Matthias and I will also be your bodyguards, too. <laughs> okay, I will keep you know, that in mind. Well, you know, because, you know, he's a wrestler, and, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll stop the first row of people, and he can uh, take out what's left <laughs> after they take me. <laughs> oh, my uh, now, now I just got to ask you. You know, we were we were talking about this, and this is kind of an ego question, but uh, you know, I, I made you that cool little collector's card that I sent to you, uh, and uh, I, I was just wondering what uh, what did you think of that that uh, card I made for you? Um, actually, very nice. Thank you. And uh, nice. you're. Yeah, and if uh, you know if any of your clients uh, uh, are on with us, I will definitely uh, uh, I'll definitely make them one as well. Uh, Diana Carter is our guest here. We got uh, well, we got about uh, well, we got about uh, two minutes left. Uh, one question I would like to um, ask you is uh, if our um, if anybody's out there starting out and they're wanting to get involved, what advice would you give them? Educate yourself. I would say people, knowledge is power. I spend a lot of time learning. If I want to learn about contract, production, I don't wait for someone to tell me. So I would say just educate yourself, do your research. There's people out there like myself. We will help. We will provide information. Uh, we, we don't know we can send, you, send them to someone, but the main thing is knowledge. Educate yourself. Um, and please do not pay for casting. <laughs> do, we do not actors don't pay for castings and do that. Um, just um, just learn the basics, the basics of being an actor and package themselves correctly. Have your headshots, have your one page or your EPK. Um, even if you don't have enough, you knew you don't need an EPK. Have at least a one pager. 
um, which is a summary of, it's like a business card for an actor. Just, just the basics. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Diana, you have been uh, so wonderful, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you were able to uh, be part of our show tonight. Uh, and uh, we love everything you do, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again. And you are just wonderful, and we do appreciate everything that's you. We want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with thank us tonight. Thank you for having uh, you me. You have been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Diana Carter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we're waiting for our next guest to call in, so we're going to take a, a quick a little commercial break here. And when we return, uh, we uh, will hopefully have our next guest on. Uh, in the meantime, uh, listen to these messages, and we'll be there. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supply lasts. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. You know, that, that commercial never, ever gets old. I just, I just love that commercial so much. Uh, we're just waiting for uh, uh, Ryan to uh, call us, uh, and hopefully he'll call us soon. Uh, but in the meantime, though, uh, guys, what, uh, what have you thought of our first couple of guests so far? Pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, uh, Matthias, I mean, wouldn't you like to work with uh, Diana and uh, get in with the big wigs like myself? Well, like I said, it's just uh, any time an opportunity is presenting itself, whether it be like in the wrestling industry personally for me or, you know, anything in general, you, I tend to take them. So if anything, uh, if anything looks good, I'm, I'm going to grab at it and see what Blood Life can make out of it, I guess. Well, I'll tell you what, if you guys want to uh, uh, chat amongst yourselves here real quick, I'm going to try and get our next guest on. Just give me a few seconds. I'll let you guys chat amongst yourselves while I do this. Go ahead, guest. So, Matthias. It's kind of not much really to talk about, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I got screwed out of my title. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, well, you know, same old, same old, just a different day, you know, lots going on. But I did want to share something interesting with you. I actually had some very good friends appear in some episodes of that show, Young Rock. Oh, really? Some of my wrestling friends over in Tennessee. Oh, okay. There's actually my a one few friend, uh, my my what? one my one friend. Well, my one friend, he has a couple of promotions over in uh, Tennessee, uh, golden boy, Greg Anthony, he actually appeared on episode three and he had a brief appearance in it, but, uh, he actually portrayed the character of Dick Murdoch. Okay. And, uh, so that was pretty exciting for him. So, yeah, the, uh, there's actually a couple of promotions in Tennessee. I've been actually reaching out to work for, and I haven't heard anything back yet, but, uh, other than that, yeah, like well, that's, he has that's he has he has um, let's see, Dyersburg and I think Ripley, Tennessee is where he does his shows at. His is um, 
Pro Mid-South Wrestling, I think it's called. I've never been to any of his shows yet, but he's wrestled for other promotions that I've been a part of, you know, off and on over the years, and he's a really good friend of mine. So. And, I'm, and I'm still waiting for my invite over down to uh, your guys' neck of the woods. I'm well, I don't know. I, 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 do, I, I do know that Ozark Mountain Wrestling, um, I don't think they're going to be doing any shows in December that I know of, but um, they made an announcement that they've got some huge announcements coming up for 2023, so I have no clue what they have in store. But there is also okay. another company that's going to be running in Arkansas called Diamond State Wrestling. Um, their hey first show yeah. is January 22nd. Hey guys, I hate to, uh, our, our guest is ready, so we're going to go ahead and okay. uh, introduce him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is the big man on campus. And his nickname lives up to that billing. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself, six foot five. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Ryan Rhino Michaels. <laughs> hey, this is Rhino Michaels. You listen to the Attitude Era Monday night live on 89.1 K E N S F M. With your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you? Uh, do you prefer uh, um, Rhino, Mr. Michaels? Uh, you're a big guy, so we want to dress you um, properly. So how would you like to be addressed? Rhino's kind of a nickname I've, I've gotten stuck with and uh, just grown fond of, so you can stick with that, I guess, tonight. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. It's a great wrestling name. You know, uh, I was going to ask you, you know, uh, you look a lot like uh, uh, Dave Batista. Have you ever met the guy? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I had a, uh, the honor, so to speak, of stunt doubling Dave Batista on his uh, one of his films a couple couple years ago called Stuber. Uh, he did um, with uh, Emile Najani, who you might remember from The Big Sick. They shot a lot of it. Um, in Atlanta, but it was doubling for L.A., so when they come to L.A., um, they asked me to do his photo doubling and his, and his stunt driving work uh, in the picture car out here. So for about a week, I got to work with Dave. Uh, it was a great great honor, a lot of fun, uh, complete professional, unbelievable how committed he is to his craft and how serious he takes it, and it was just a pleasure working with him. And then I worked with him uh, right before Christmas last year, um, on the uh, Nissan 2022, uh, the, the new Z car. They shot a big um, high-tech chase scene uh, here in L.A., and um, I got to work with Dave again on that. So, uh, so you, but you didn't challenge him to a wrestling match, did you? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, one, one, uh, must, uh, one must know one's uh, limitations in life, you know? So. Uh, Rhino Michaels is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 33 minutes with the man. I wish it was 33 years. But uh, now being a, a stuntman, uh, when, you, uh, when uh, you're, you're slated to be a, a, a stunt uh, double for, well, say, like Batista, uh, now is there uh, basically uh, when, you're, when you're slated to be the stuntman, uh, are, you, uh, are you able to say, yeah, I'll do that stunt or 
no, I'm not going to do that one, or do you not have a choice because you've already been slated? No, well, uh, for today's uh, literally billion-dollar action flicks, um, in many cases, a single stuntman doesn't have all of the skill sets uh, necessary to stunt double uh, someone. He may look like him, but he may not have a certain skill set that somebody else may have. So it's quite common to have three or four stunt doubles uh, for a big action star. Um, some stunt doubles, like The Rock's uh, uh, stunt double, is his uh, cousin. And they train together, and they've done uh, just about every film um, since, uh, since the very beginning um, with him. But, uh, yeah, uh, he gets his bell rung. It, it, that's a hard one to stunt double again, you know what I mean? Uh, the Rock has got a very specific size. And uh, um, anyway, Dave so far, I've been able to do everything that was required of me uh, in Stuber with him. But, uh, yeah, happens a lot. So, Multiple stuntmen. So now when you uh, – uh, I'm going to ask a couple uh, – I'm going to ask a few more questions. I will do an roundtable and we'll come back to me. Uh, when, when you're uh, – when uh, – you, since you're since you're well known as a big stunt man, a, a big stunt guy, uh, do you uh, do uh, you just get uh, your phone is always ringing off the hook, or uh, do you like, well, hey, I'm available, I could uh, I could come uh, stunt for uh, your actor, or how does that work? Well, there's uh, there's stunt breakdowns. There's a couple of uh, sites like Stunt Availability List. Uh, or the individual breakdowns that will come from Actors Access or L.A. Casting. Uh, you'll fill out your profile, and um, as, as you fall into a certain profile, they will send you a submission that you may or may not want to stunt double, uh, submit to. Uh, there's also your reputation. I've been doing this almost 40 years. As a, uh, I actually started kind of, I was one of the guys that started stunt acting. Back when I first got out here, um, there was a hierarchy. If you were a film actor and a stage actor, you could go to stage, stage could go to film. If you were a TV actor, you were pretty much stuck on TV. If you were a stuntman, you were a stuntman. You didn't want to have your face seen on TV. You didn't want to have your face seen in the film because as soon as they saw your face, you were burned. And most stuntmen didn't want to act either. Um, when I first got out here, the old days, uh, getting, into your, getting your SAG card was catch-22. You couldn't audition for a SAG film unless you were in SAG. Couldn't get in SAG unless you were in a SAG film. That's where the Me Too generation uh, uh, came from, actually. You know, it was easier to casting couch, sleep your way up, or, or uh, start doing extra work, and hopefully you're doing a, a film or a TV show, and they, they need somebody to say something that's not scripted, and they point to you and say, you, can you say this? And you hit your mark, and you say it, and you get taft Hartley. That being said... Um, most of the actors back then, we all started uh, working for Roger Corman, Canon Films, um, you know, basically B pictures. Now, in a B picture, they're looking to save money. So I came out here as an actor. I had just done a huge French film, The Grand Carnival, with Philippe Noiret and Roger Hennan, biggest film of uh, 1984. William Morris saw it and brought me out here. And it, it, it occurred to me very quickly, if you can act and do your own action, when you're auditioning for these B-type films, uh, and they don't have to stunt double you, you just save the producer, you know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, which on a, a low-budget B film means a lot. Today's uh, stuntmen, uh, they're called action actors. 
Uh, they want stuntmen who can deliver lines, who can hit the marks and work with other actors. So you'll see a lot of stuntmen today in acting class, um, uh, voice class, uh, learning to do uh, multiple types of action and throw dialogue. So it's become quite the thing these days. But when I started, it was almost uh, frowned upon. So if it boiled down to you and another guy for the same job, you can act and do your own stunts, and he can only do stunts, guess who got the job? So that's how I kind of got started. Demolition Man was my first big action film. Uh, I was cast with Wesley Snipes, Jesse the Body, Ventura, Billy Lucas, and Ben Duran as the five cryocons that took on uh, Stallone and uh, Sandra Bullock. And again, Yeah, you well played the trucker, to, right? Uh, no, the, you're thinking of um, uh, maybe... Oh, Universal um, Soldier, I'm Universal, sorry. Universal, yeah. Universal Soldier. Yeah. That was my first location job. We went out to uh, um, Arizona to shoot that. Um, that was a fun job. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was uh, really fun job. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rhino uh, Michael's our guest here. We're on eighty-nine point one Kent FM. We got about uh, twenty-eight minutes, and like I said, I wish it were twenty-eight years because uh, we have a lot of questions for you. But uh, Rhino, I want to introduce you to. Um, Granny Hulkster now, she is also a big fan of Batista, uh, and uh, I know she's got a few questions to ask you. So, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. And, yes, I actually had the opportunity to get to meet Batista several years ago um, at an event. Um, I worked for a big retail company here in Arkansas where I live, and I actually – had the opportunity to go in and get to meet him and he was really super cool and your voice sounds so much like Batista's it's unreal how close yeah I mean especially that laugh I mean it's just you sound so much like him but I know it had to have been pretty exciting to be able to be his stunt double um what was that like for you I mean how exciting oh, I, was that I gotta be honest he's, he's a, a total gentleman total pro um, he doesn't have an attitude. Uh, here's, here's, here's some insight to him. Jonathan is his personal manager. Jonathan is his best friend from back in the day when they were growing up. Jonathan came up in the business with him. Now, when you get to a certain level of success in this business, and you're talking multimillion-dollar contracts and sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera, it's really easy to get seduced by uh, a power, powerful manager and say, oh, I can do this for you, I can do that for you. They stuck with Jonathan, and Jonathan, uh, to his credit, is a very intelligent man, takes great care of Dave. They go everywhere together. They, they, both, have, uh, they both have families and uh, do little vacations together now and then. And that tells you all you need to know about Dave Batista. He's loyal to his family and his friends and his fans. So nice to everybody. He, he gave us so many pictures and, uh, and, and autographs when we were working that week together. I never saw him turn down anybody. He's just a real sweetheart of a guy. And again, yeah, the talent, he was you know, a good, solid actor. I mean, you talk yeah, about Guardians he, of, the, of, the, of the Galaxy. Who could have played mm-hmm. that role better than him? Nobody. Oh, I know. I know. Exactly. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. Uh, Rhino Michaels, our guest here. Uh, Rhino Michaels, our guest here on 89.1 Kids F. Now, uh, before we come back to me, uh, Rhino, I want to introduce you to the guy that wants to uh, apply to be your bodyguard. He's a modern nightmare, Matthias. Uh, and uh, Matthias, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Uh, see if you can uh, get a position on his uh, staff. 
Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias. And he has no ego. Not at all. Welcome on to my part of the show. It's a pleasure to have you. And um, You're welcome. Thank you. So my main question uh, for you would be, you've already worked with like Dave Batista and other big actors. Is there somebody out there that you have yet to work for that you would always strive to work for? And you can't say me because that would be too easy. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, um, there's some stunt coordinators I'd, I'd really like to work for, uh, uh, at least once before I hang up my, my pads, so to speak. Jack Gill, for instance, is one of them. He does all of the Fast and Furious movies, you know, probably one of the greatest uh, stunt coordinators, second unit directors in the world. Um, he, he's just one of those guys that's out there I'd like to work with. Uh, Eddie Braun, I've known Eddie for years. We've worked in the same field uh, or films together from time to time, but I'm waiting for Ed, Eddie to actually call me and say, Ryan, I've got something for you. Um, there's so many people in this business that are just so much fun to work with. It's, uh, you know, I'd say it's not work if you're, if you're having fun. And when you get to dress up, and uh, especially when you do prosthetic work, so you're becoming some kind of a character uh, or creature, uh, and 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 I, I said they, they pay me for what they used to try and arrest me for in the old days, and it's it's a really nice place to be. Absolutely. Now, uh, Ryan, I'm kind of curious. Now, is there um, uh, what would you say, and I'll understand if you can't answer this question, but what would you say is the most dangerous stunt that you've had to do? I'd say that was some of the stunts I did in Under Siege 2, stunt doubling Steven Seagal. Um, that was probably his biggest film. That's the one with the train. Um, that involved climbing out of, you know, a, a speeding train going through the Rocky Mountains at 60, 70 miles an hour, you know, running on top of the roof, jumping onto the engine kicking ass hang sitting under the engine on a on a little little butt pedestal and hooking your legs and your hands onto something to hold on and throwing people off the train crawling under the train jumping back onto the train there was a helicopter liftoff um uh that we tried to do several times but uh, the the train was running so close to the wall of the mountain the helicopter watch was knocking the stainless steel a cable and uh, and metal ladder all over the place and so you're running toward the back of the train while the train is going the other direction and you're supposed to leap off and grab onto this ladder and then of course climb up uh we tried to do that several times on location it, we just couldn't get the ladder in a safe enough position for me to land on it we tried again at the la um la um train yards couldn't do it there ended up doing doing it at a Warner Brothers soundstage uh, on green screen. Uh, much safer, but, you know, magic of Hollywood. Now, when you're... Uh, those are the most dangerous. Now, when you're, when you're filming a scene and uh, you're out there, and, you know, your adrenaline's just got to be uh, pumping. It's got to be an incredible rush. Uh, when, you're, when you're doing these scenes, uh, how uh, high of a rush is it, and uh, how long does it take you to come down from that rush? Well, it's it's the end of the day that takes time to wind down. Um, I come home, even if you had a 12, 14, 16, 18-hour day, it, sometimes it just takes me a couple of hours to kind of wind down, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's not like, believe it or not, I don't get a lot of adrenaline rushes. Um, when we did Under Siege, 
uh, here, here's an example. The train had come up from Denver, and Warner Brothers had bought and built this train. Initially, in the budget, they had a bridge in Oregon. They were going to blow up and put this whole train right into it. They're going to wreck a real train for the big climax. There were certain things that ran way over budget, and we're not going to talk about who and why that happened on that film and who and why that ended his A-list, his A-list uh, opportunities for the rest of his career. Um, anyway, uh, they brought the train up, and they said, okay, everybody get on the train. We're going to take it up through the, 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 the Gore Canyon, and we're going to decide where we're going to do the, the, the helicopter's going to come in, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that and jump back on the train and jump back off the train and where we're going to, you know, we have to figure out all these things. So Dick Zyker, our stunt coordinator, hands me a walkie-talkie and says, get on the train. I said, okay, Dick. So the train pulls out, and um, uh, about 10 minutes into it, 15 minutes into it, I hear Dick Zyker say, Rhino, where are you? I said, I'm on the train, Dick. And he says, he said, I just walked from the engine to Seagal's caboose. He said, I didn't see you. Where are you? I said, I'm on the train, Dick. And he said, where on the train? I said, oh, let me. I'm on top of the train, Dick. Uh, he said, what are you doing up there? I said, I'm sitting in full lotus position. This is where I'm going to work. I want to see what it feels like. Uh, unbeknownst to them, the trains literally ran right through my backyard growing up in New Jersey, Westfield, New Jersey. And as kids, we used to hop the trains all the time and ride them into Pennsylvania, ride them back every now and then, got stranded. Mom would have to come and get us. Um, but <laughs> being, being on that train was just like being a kid again. And I'd come back while we're resetting a shot with a big shit-eating grin on my face, and Dick Syker would say, pull me and say, will you, will you please stop smiling? I'm trying to get you more money for your son adjustment, but you come back here, you know, looking like you're having too good of a time. I said, well, I am. It, this is fucking great. But, uh... PG language, PG. Oh, I'm sorry, America. I hope you, I hope you got the 15-second delay. I thought we were on cable. Anyway, um, yeah, uh... I've always had a lot of fun. You know, there is that moment when you have to just quiet your mind and still yourself and stay focused because, you know, you have, you have to hit a mark when some special effect is going off and, and then hit your safety zone and uh, wait until they call cut and um, be ready to do again if they need it, you know. So, yeah, there is that quiet moment. But I never really, I never really got that jacked up doing it. It was always like, yeah, this is going to be fun. So you know you've worked uh, you know you worked with all the Hollywood big men you know uh, Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren and uh, Batista and Sylvester Stallone and uh, Wesley Snipes. Now when you're when you're on set with these uh, individuals, you know you mentioned how nice of a sweet of a guy Batista is, uh, and uh, when you first meet these guys for the first time, are, are you just like uh, are you completely awestruck, or are you just like this is just another day at the office? Um. Huh. I've always respected talent and I respect uh, the people that I work with because, I mean, let's face it, uh, it, it it's a lottery ticket to hit that, you know. Um, you've got to have a, that special quality. You've got to get that opportunity to get in front of someone to get a job. You've got to get the job and then you've got to deliver. Uh, when I go on a set, I'm just, I'm a worker among workers. I'm there to make the, serve the producer, to serve the director, to serve the stunt coordinator, as best I can to give the public the best product I can. When I stunt double someone, I'm one of these guys that just doesn't do the stunt. I'll watch someone's movies over and over and over, and I will mimic their body movement, their style, their run, um, their head mo motions. Um, 
when they're preparing a scene, I'll be standing on the side, literally mimicking every little thing they're doing, getting my muscle memory. So everything I do is seamless. If you can tell the difference between when the actor is on screen and when the stunt doubles on scene, it ruins it for the audience. So I just try and make things seamless. Um, I do a lot more work than the average stunt guy. I'm not necessarily to do the stunt. I'm doing my best to be that person doing the stunt. Now, you've, uh, you've also done a lot of uh, 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 doubling uh, on, uh, you know, the small screen, and, you know, in Baywatch and uh, Diagnosis Murders and uh, a few others. Uh, is there any big difference between uh, doing the small screen and the big screen? No. Um, actually, uh, most of the stuff on TV is guest starring roles for me. Um, I came out here as an actor. William Morris was my first agency. Uh, I ran into a little bit of the Me Too generation over there. Um, trying to get your SAG card was very difficult. As I said, you couldn't get an audition unless you were in SAG back then. And uh, more than once, I was recommended that I go out to Joel Schumacher's parties out in Malibu and meet the guys and uh, la-di-da. And uh, that's, that's very much like the Weinstein thing, only for men, you know. Joel like men, right. and I appreciate that. I came from the modeling industry, but that's not the road I wanted to work, you know. So um, it took me four years to get my SAG card out here, uh, but he just kept working. You know, he kept auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and doing smaller films, and uh, the person that actually helped me get my SAG card, I was running security at the comedy store, and Sandy Shore, uh, Mitzi's daughter, uh, was very good friends with Tim Thomerson. And Tim was doing the uh, uh, Trancers series of films for Charles Band over at Full Moon Production. And Sandy reached out and asked Tim to ask Charles Band to at least audition me. And I auditioned, and I got the part of Shovel Man in Trancers 2. Um, it was an acting stunt part, and I said, look, I won't charge any stunt adjustments. Uh, you know, just let me do the part, and whatever you need that day, I'm yours, Okay. And uh, I went and did it, and that was the day I got my, my SAG card. I played a character called Shovel Man. Uh, it was the first guy killed in the movie, I think. Uh, it was a lot of fun work with Tim Thomerson and Helen Hunt that day. And uh, Charles was our director. They actually made a, baseball, a collector's baseball card out of me that is apparently available on eBay. So, well, you know, I'm going to look for that because, you know, I, I made you a cool little collector's card as well. well, well mine was okay, better, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a good card. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Rhino Michaels, our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we got about uh, 14 minutes here with uh, the man here. Uh, one one thing that I've always been curious about, when you, uh, you know, when you're on a, uh, when you're doing a, a, a shot for TV, you're, you're maybe on the set for maybe a week or a couple of days, and uh, when you're on, when you're doing a movie, uh, you may be on the set for uh, I don't know maybe three weeks or four weeks. What is the longest uh, that you ever been on set? That would be Demolition Man. It was about three months. Um, it didn't work every day, but for the characters, uh, they had to book us for the whole film, so that they know that you're available when they need you. Uh, shooting schedules change sometimes especially when you're on location. Um, if you have bad weather, they may go to an indoor set, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, they need you. So uh, they book you for the, the, full, the full run of the picture. 
So Demolition Man would be the, the longest one I've ever worked on. That was about a three-month shoot. Now, have you ever had any um, – uh, I'm sure you have, but have you ever uh, uh, injuries um, doing any uh, stuff? Cumulative, um, cumulative stuff. I had my, uh, uh, my lower back done, uh, geez, maybe 10 years ago. One of the first jobs I got out here in L.A., which really I learned, uh, cut my teeth in the stunt world, was doing the live-action shows up at Universal Studios. Uh, I was the smuggler leader uh, on the Miami Vice uh, show. I was Claude Hopper, uh, part of the Hopper gang that came in to take over the Wild Wild West show. And I was training to be the double swordsman in the Conan show. And the wonderful thing about that was you have to act do a stunt, do action, and in, in cases where there's explosions getting off, get to where you're supposed to be to hit that safety switch so the explosion will get off. So when you get on a film set and they say, stand here, do that, and then we're going to cut, it's, it's a piece of cake. Um, I learned high falls. I learned uh, jet skis, uh, 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 motorboats, jet, jet boats. Um, uh, Wild West, we had to get certified weapon safe for uh, – we used 45s and uh, sawed-off shotguns in that show, along with the horses. Um, and, yeah, so you, you, start, you start doing like a 10-foot, you know, face-off, they call it, or, or, or a header, and, and you gradually work your way up to uh, the point where you're doing 40, 50. Well, I guess um, Miami Vice had the collapsing 50-caliber gun, gun, uh, gun tower, which was the end of the show. I'd be up there shooting at the Miami Vice, and they'd shoot me, and I'd fall down fall over dead as the, as the gun tower collapsed and went into the water. I hit a big pad down behind the, the 55-gallon drums. As soon as I hit that pad, I had to blow myself sideways to a safety door, drop down another three feet. One hand would hold the safety door closed. The other hand would be on the safety switch so all of those big gas explosions could go off at the end of the show. That being said, wow. it's wet. <laughs> it's, a twisting, it's a twisting, collapsing thing. Sometimes you don't go off 100% perfect. I'll be honest with you, back in the day, uh, we would be out at night sometimes. Uh, you know, I worked the security at the clubs. So I'd be up to 2, 3 in the morning by the time you got home, and someone would call you to take their shift three hours later, and you might not have been in the best shape. But that's just the way it was back then. You, know, you got a call for work. You, you toughed it out. You went. So uh, after probably about 1,000 to 1,500 high falls, uh, I needed my lower back cleaned out a little bit. Um, but uh, otherwise, I've never been hurt on a, on a film set. I've been clocked a few times by, by actors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> on purpose? Fun doing a face with an actor. No, I don't think so. Just it happens. Heat of the moment, you move, you, you step in, someone leans in, someone leans out. Um, one of my fondest memories was uh, my, uh, my second guest star uh, role was on um, Renegade. And it was a scene where uh, the, the show where um, Lorenzo's found out his partner, from when he was a cop, didn't really get blown up that day. He was the inside man for this big drug lord in Mexico. So him and him and uh, Branscombe Richmond go down to Mexico to uh, to deal with this. And we have a fight scene in this uh, Mexican bar. And the bar, the way it was set up, it was covered with dirt on the floor. So whenever you're doing fight scenes and cowboy boots, you know, dirt on the floor, it's a little slippery. And I was and ended up doing a tag team fight scene with Branscombe. And so Branscombe clocks me, and as I spin around, Lorenzo does one of the famous uh, reverse spin heel kicks into my head. Now, normally, uh, they call it John Wayne. The camera cannot tell depth of field, 
So if the camera was set behind Lorenzo, he could spin that foot uh, past my face three feet away from me. You can't tell he didn't actually kick me in the head. It's my reaction that sells it, my timing that sells it. In a closed situation, a tag team fight scene, I was coming into a blind. He's been kicking into a blind. He clocked me three times, you know, right in the head with his reverse uh, spin, spinning heel kick. And, uh, yeah. I have that does sound painful. Face. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, uh, they don't call me Rhino for nothing. It's just The funny thing was I had to put an ice pack on my face because I had to do all my close-ups that afternoon. And uh, my mom and dad, who had retired in San Diego, had come out to the set that day. And, of course, you can't show pain in front of your mother, you know, no matter how, right. how old you are, you're her little baby. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so I've been clocked a few times. But no big deal. Now, uh, one of the, you know, you, you mentioned your, you know, your Screen Actors Guild card. Uh, is there a possibility that once you get it, can you ever lose it? Yeah, uh, you can um, just, you know, you, you can take an honorable withdrawal if you decide to stop acting. Um, you can lose it for uh, breaking some of the rules. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty, it, honestly, it's pretty hard to lose it. You really got to be a real jerk. Uh, but uh, maybe. Which you we know. know you're not. You're a nice guy. So no, you, you'll probably no, no, have no. yours forever. We did have a president recently lost his SAG card, but uh, we won't talk about him. <laughs> now, what, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, uh, well, you know, we were going to have you on, uh, I believe it was, uh, well, three months ago, and uh, something happened with oh, your yeah. schedule. So we, we had yeah, to reschedule you. Working, um, I went out to stunt double Lou Ferrigno in his first horror film called The, the Hermit, and we're shooting in upstate New York. And um, we were starting to shoot day for night, uh, which means you shoot a little bit in the day, you go into the night, and, and you would schedule the, the call for the night. I found out about the, the new schedule the day before, um, and I had to bail on that. So I, I apologize for that, but that's the film industry, you know. We had a lot well, of rain. What I was going to ask. Well, yeah, go ahead. What I was going to ask is because uh, what was it like working with the Incredible Hulk? Oh, Lou, he's 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 the he's a dream. One of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Um, when he was on the set. I was really, really impressed with his commitment. He had decided he was going to stay in character all day. So he had his own little tent, and only the hair and the makeup woman could basically even talk to him. Um, he had spent four months, maybe five, growing in the beard that you'll kind of see in, in the thing. They, they wigged him, gave him really long hair, and then they actually made the, big, the beard even larger. Um, they kind of added it onto his beard, and... Uh, it was just amazing to see how committed this man was to creating this character. I guarantee you that the hermit is going to be a huge, huge, huge Halloween costume. And I'm not spilling any beans here, but if you want some hermit jerky, it's going to be a big summer. But it's it's a it's a it's a horror film with heart. Um, a really interesting twist on it. Um, we're going back, I think, uh, next week, the end of next week, to Syracuse to do some pickup shots. And then we'll do some more pickup shots, probably out at the Disney Ranch or something like that, which will double for upstate uh, New York, Syracuse. We're running into some weather issues up there. There was no snow while we were shooting, and there's a little bit of snow there now. So we'll see how that works out. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, if, you if, if you guys are looking for snow, we got plenty here that you can have. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be summer. You know, kids are out there camping in the woods, and they happen to run into the wrong place at the wrong time, and some of them end up being made into jerky, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, uh, a, it's a really cool film. I, I really enjoy working with them. I'll say this. I took uh, Lou, our stunt coordinator, Manny Perry, and Jerry Pass, our producer, uh, towards the end of the first week, out to the York in Syracuse, the best steakhouse in town, just to say thank you. I treated him for dinner, drinks, whatever. And uh, the owner, it was very interesting. All the people, even with the beard on, recognized Lou. And even though he's had six TV series and done 60 films, he's still the Hulk. Okay? Manny Perry was Mr. Everything back then, like Lou was. That's how Manny got into the business. As his stunt double became a stunt coordinator and they're very good friends. Um, Everybody left us alone while we're eating. But as soon as we're done, the, the owner of the restaurant asked us to come over and take some photos in this little area they have for their Instagram or their Facebook posts. And we did posts with him, and then we did posts with the whole wait staff. And then just about everybody in the restaurant was coming up and asking for photos. We must have stayed there half an hour, 45 minutes. And Lou did not deny anyone a photo. Um, he was just a sweetheart of a gentleman. And then the kicker was the next day he says, uh, he asked me to come work out with him and Manny, and then afterwards he wanted to treat us to a pedicure. And then he took us to this place. It was the best pedicure I've ever had in my life. I think I posted a picture <laughs> of me, the Hulk, and, and Manny Perry, three in a row in our pedicure, getting our pedicures in this place. It was about 900 pounds of men sitting there getting their feet taken care of. It was just wow. the sweetest thing. It was great That's guy. awesome. Uh, Rhino Michaels, our guest here. we got about uh, two minutes here left with uh, Rhino. And uh, one one other last question I'm going to ask you here: um, If uh, someone wanted to uh, become a uh, stuntman, what advice would you give them to get involved? Well, now there's um, <clears throat> especially in places like Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia area, L.A., um, Florida, uh, places where there's a lot of film work. There are a few pretty reputable um, uh, stunt stunt places. Um, there's also a, a couple of Hollywood driving academies up at Willow Springs. If you want to learn how to be a stunt car driver, uh, um, there's a guy that uh, is famous for crashing cars. He now has a, a car crashing facility where he'll teach you how to crash cars down in Texas. Um, one of the things I think is a great way for people to get involved and get paid is the live action shows at like uh, Universal Studios, um, uh, Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farms, Magic Mountain, those kind of places, because they have live-action shows where they will take you and you'll be cast as a character, and they will start teaching you how to stunt fight, how to do a high fall, how to do this, how to do that. Um, I, I got so much of my training. I was an athlete, you know, um, growing up. I had a little martial arts and some fighting experience, but I learned just about the basics up at Universal Studios doing the Miami Vice show and then the Wild Wild West show. And all the people that you work there, work with there, were actual um, uh, either established stuntmen or up-and-coming stuntmen. And they would say, hey, Rhino, uh, so-and-so's casting this film. You should come over. Or they're having an open call. You should come over um, and, and uh, get in the business that way. Uh, for every live show, they'll have six or eight characters deep per character. So say they've got two teams working, the A team and the B team, and someone on the A team gets a job, a, you know, a SAG job. He'll call the number 
three guy on the list. Are you available to take my shift? If you are, you grab a shift, you go in. And he said, hey, you know, they're casting this thing. You should come out and take a, take a look. Or I'm working on this film. Come out, come out and hustle. And hustling is what they call it when you can, uh, used to get just walk on a set, you know, usually location, and, uh, and you talk to the sun coordinator for a few minutes. I used to go down to the film permit office. For two bucks, you get a list of all the films being shot that day in L.A., and you look at the call time. If the call time is 6, you know, you know six hours later they're breaking for lunch. So I'd get there at 11.30 on my motorcycle and find the stunt coordinator. And 99% of the time I'd say, hey, Brino, we're breaking for lunch in 30 minutes. Why don't you hang out, catch some lunch with us, and we'll talk. So you had an hour to sit down with the stunt coordinator and break bread and meet some of the other guys or have the guy that told you about it that day introduce you and give you a referral. Um, it's, all, it's all about you know, hustling and getting out there. Today it's a lot easier because it's all Internet. Uh, you, can, you can do your reels. You can submit you know, just by pushing a button. The old days you had to get on your motorcycle, your car, find out where they were, get out there, knock on the doors, uh, track them down, and, uh, and then just wait for someone to take you under the wing. I got my break on uh, Beauty and the Beast. I was cast as the underground cave dweller. My first day on set, the first day is literally screaming at somebody on, in front of him. He says, the hell with it, you're fired, get off my set, turns to walk away and walks straight into me. And I had the presence of mind to take my coffee and my bagel and stick my arms out to the left and right wide. So when he ran into me, I didn't ruin my wardrobe. He looked at me and he says, he says how tall are you? I said, six foot four. He said, that the color of your eyes blue? I said, yes, they are. He said, you ever done stand-in work before? I lied and said, yes, I have. He said, good, you're Ron Perlman stand-in. From that job, being on the set, working with the director, the lighting people, uh, watching the director and, and the actors work, I met Fred Lerner, who was the stunt coordinator. Mike Vendrell was the stunt double for The Beast at that point. And I was talking to Fred and I said, I'd like to break into business, blah, blah, blah. Mike gets a job on a big film, takes off, and Fred turns to me and says, uh, you think you'd take a 10-foot jump? I said, I'm an extreme, extreme skier. That's a piece of cake. And uh, so my first day doing a stunt was uh, as uh, stunt doubling uh, Ron Perlman as the Beast on Beauty and the Beast. I did about a 10-foot jump down in front of these two bad guys, and I disemboweled them. That's what Vinny used to do when he turned away from the camera, and he did that thing with his, with his hands. He was disemboweling the That's bad awesome. guys. And, well, uh, I'll tell you what, Ronnie. That's how that started. All right, Ronnie, you are awesome. Uh, we love you, man, and thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we've got about uh, 30 seconds uh, left of the show here. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. We would love to have you on again. And uh, I, I just can't uh, th- say thank you for all you've uh, done to help us out to be a guest tonight. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I want to wish everybody out there uh, a happy holiday. Joyous holiday, and uh, please don't drink and drive. There you go. Thanks, Rhino. All right. Uh, Rhino Michael, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, next week, same time, same channel, every Monday night, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Uh, Be checking out our Facebook page to find out who's on next week. we got another big show next week. Uh, Until then, care for each other, love each other, be back here next week. And we will all see you then. Be safe. We love you. Tell them. You think you know me.